Wake up. Wake up, lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. Today, I'm going to be concluding our Awaken series. And I must admit, when I was given this particular scripture, I looked at it and I thought, hmm, I don't know this quite fits me. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I've wrestled with this message and I really believe that uh, what, what I've got for you this morning has not come from myself, but really has come from God. And have we got anyone here this morning who's a morning person? We've got any morning people in the room? There's quite a few hands going up. I'm impressed. I don't fit that category. I like to sleep, and about, well, yeah, two years ago, myself and my wife, Becky, we decided to make our own alarm clock. His name's Eli, and he's only been two in January, and I must admit, I've personally not had to awaken the dawn for the last two years, because he's done it on my behalf for me. But this morning, we're going to be looking at this particular passage and, and looking what it means for us. And I thought it'd be good, really, to be given. Let's just, let's just pray. And I just want to ask Holy Spirit to, to come and speak to us. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for this opportunity to, to gather together this morning. And I ask, would you come and would you speak to each of us individually? Holy Spirit, would you speak into our hearts and would you do a work what only you can do? So Holy Spirit, we give you permission to work in our lives and to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So this morning, we're going to be spending a lot of our time in the book of Psalms. And for those of you that may not be familiar with this book, it's a book that is found in the Old Testament, and it's full of sacred songs and poems as well. And many of those were written by a man called David. And I'm sure David will be familiar to many of you in one form or another. And I think depending on at what point of his life you look at, you might have a slightly different mental picture. Quite often we talk about David as being the shepherd boy who's out in the fields and he's chosen to go and fight Goliath. And we know that great battle of David versus Goliath. But David didn't stay a boy. He grew up and eventually he, he went on to be king. And for me, when you read the Psalms, I think of him as a, as a musician and as a poet. For some of you, you might think of the time in his life where he had an affair and actually he maybe didn't live up to the, the, the high standards that we set within our society. It could be that you see David as that warrior and that soldier. And this morning, I believe we can each learn from the life of David and through some of the battles that he went through. And this morning, I want to look at what it means for David to awaken the dawn. So to start with, I just want to look at that phrase of wake up or I will awaken. And the Strong's Concordance says this about awaken or to rouse oneself. It says to lift up self to master, definitely to master the mornings. Who, who here finds, right, in the summer, when it's nice and warm, and the birds are singing outside, and the sun's creeping through the windows, it's much easier to get up than in the winter, when it's cold, and it's wet, and it's cold, yeah. Like in the summer, running, oh, all for it. Winter, we have to master ourselves. We have to raise up. 
We have to stir up ourselves. See, when we read this particular psalm, we see that David starts the day with song. And this is a real challenge for me because I was thinking, is there ever an occasion where I've woke up and just burst out into song? And I must admit, it's, yeah, something I need to work on. But what we see is David would awaken himself spiritually. And I think it's significant that David got up and worshipped first thing in the morning. You see, for David, what he was doing, he was giving God the first part, the choice part of the day, where he's saying, before I do anything else, God, I want to give this time to you. And he would awaken himself spiritually. So how does David do this? How does he awaken himself? Well, in this psalm, we see here, he awakens himself by playing the lyre and the harp. And depending on which translation you read, sometimes harp can also be translated as lyre. So sometimes when you read the two, they're quite close. But there's another instrument, and I want to pick it out specifically of the Derby translation. So I've got it up here, Psalms 108.2, and it says, Awake, lute, and harp. I will awaken the dawn. Now, this stood out to me as a musician, and I know we've got a number of guitarists in the room. If you ask a guitarist how many guitars is enough guitars, the answer probably is there's one more guitar. I mean, I'm looking up here. I mean, Matt's got at least two on the stage this morning. So I think there was something significant, and it, it stood out for me. And in 1 Samuel 16, we're told that David was a skilled musician, that he could play multiple instruments. He's just one of those annoying people who's just really good at playing everything. There's a few of them in the room, and we, we thank God for them. They're such a gift to this house. And what I want to do for the next few moments is just look at those two instruments and explain the differences between them because it's significant that it's here in this psalm for us today. So up behind me, we should have a picture. And the the picture on the left is what we would know as a lyre or a harp. And this particular instrument will be played with the fingers. And underneath the harp, it has this bowl resonator and that's designed there so it would project the sound out into an audience now the lute on the other hand is a slightly different instrument this would have had 10 strings but the significant difference about this particular instrument is that it would have been played with a plectrum or a pick and the reason for that is because it was designed to be played in a large hall or outdoors And these two instruments had very different purposes. And when we read the psalm, I want us to try and read it and imagine as if David was playing it and why he might choose one instrument over another when reading the psalm, or singing the psalm, should I say. So we've got the psalm in its entirety up here on the screen. I'm going to read this out, Psalm 108. And he starts off by saying, My heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all over the earth. 
So we've got a lovely start. You can imagine the heart being out. David singing his heart to God. God, thank you for your faithfulness. My heart is steadfast. And then halfway through the psalm, the tone just completely changes. And I can imagine at this point, David reaching for the lute, that he changes his instrument and he goes on to say, save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary. In triumph, I will parcel out Shechem and measure the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet. Judah is my scepter. I want to break down this psalm for us a little bit today and understand what David is singing and what he's telling us. See, I think it's significant that this psalm is almost broken up into two halves. And when we read the psalms and when we read that independently, we can look at that and sort of think, oh, that's great. That's one of the hundreds of psalms that we read about. But this psalm is not original material. This particular psalm is taken from one of David's greatest hits. You see, David recycles his material like any good musician does. And this psalm is actually taken from Psalm 57. And I want to put it up on the screen. It's verses 7 to 11. And when we read it, it looks very familiar and it sounds very familiar. And it pretty much is word for word. My heart, O oh God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. All sounds familiar. But then he says something else. He says, awake my soul. And then he goes on to say, awake harp and lyre. You see, the key difference between these two psalms, when we look at them side by side, is in that first psalm, Psalm 57, David says, awake my soul. Yeah, when it comes to this second time of reading it, David doesn't say that. He just goes on to say, I will sing and make music with all my soul. And for us to understand what's being talked about here, we first need to understand the significance of our soul. And it's great that we sang about it this morning, about our soul crying out. You see, as people, as human beings, we're made up of three parts. We have our body, which when you look around the room, you can see. We have a soul, but then we also have a spirit as well. And I just want to explain the differences between these because it's key for us to understand what it is for us to be awakened spiritually. You see, our body is what gives us our physical senses, our taste, our smell, our hearing, our touch. But we're more than just flesh. We're more than just a body. See, we're told that we also have a soul as well. And our soul is basically our mind. It's our personality it's our emotions, but it's also, it's our will as well. And it's through our soul that we're able to have a relationship with God. But also it's through our soul that we have a connection with other people. But it's also through our soul that we actually have a connection with ourselves to understand who we truly are. And then finally, we're told that we have a spirit as well. And the spirit is given to us. And it's through our spirit that we have a deep connection with God. When we read the creation story and we read of Adam being formed from the dust in Genesis 
It says that Adam was lifeless. And it was only when God came and breathed into Adam that he came alive. See, before Adam had the breath of God with him, he was nothing. He was just made of the dust. He was empty. It was only when God came and breathed into him that he actually came alive. And the amazing thing about this spirit that it's given to us is it's through the spirit that we can understand the spiritual world that God lives in. And it's through our spirit that we can have spiritual senses where we can almost, we can almost sense what God is doing and look through eyes of faith. And it's our spirit that is the deepest part of ourselves. And the reason why I want to talk about all of this this morning is because it is important to understand this in relation to our soul being awoken. And I just want to read another scripture for you talking of the soul. And it's from Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 18. And it says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Our inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep (laughs) is the love of Christ. This blows my mind when I read this passage. We are strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being. And it goes on to say, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts in faith. I think this is absolutely incredible. We could just spend the rest of our morning looking at this passage of how God has poured out his love upon us, so much so that he was willing to put his spirit within us. And I wanted to just take a moment at this point in the morning just to stop and to just give an opportunity that if you're sat here this morning, that as I've been talking about this idea of we're made up the more than just our bodies, that actually that there is a spiritual side to us, there is a spiritual dimension. I believe there are people sat here this morning who you've kind of known that there's, there was always more to you than just a body, but it's, you've never made that connection before that actually that we have a spiritual side. And this morning I want to give you an opportunity, just as it says here, that through faith you would receive Jesus into your heart. So what I just want to ask is for everyone just to close your eyes for a moment. And if you're sat here this morning and you've never invited Jesus into your life, I want to give you the opportunity through faith this morning to ask that he would fill your heart in faith. And as you do that, his spirit would fill you that you would be empowered and you would be equipped in a new way. So if that's you this morning, you want to make that decision to accept Jesus into your life, I want to just give you an opportunity to raise your hand just as a sign to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm responding to you in faith this morning.
If anyone wants to make that commitment this morning, say, Jesus, I receive you in faith. I want to encourage you to do that now. Is there anyone who wants to receive Jesus for the first time this morning? Amen. Amen. I want us to continue what looking at this morning, what it is to awaken our soul. You see, the thing is about our soul is it needs keeping in check. It has this tendency to want to go and do its own thing. And to keep it in check, it means keeping our mind and our emotions lined up with God's will and God's desires for our lives. And I want to put up another Psalm of David here, and it's Psalm 42, verse 5. And I've actually got it in three different translations, because I think it just gives the essence of of what David is trying to say. He, He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I yet will praise him, my Savior and my God. The NLV, it says, why are you sad, O soul? The NLT, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And what I love about all of these translations and what David does here is he doesn't leave it on a negative note. He recognizes the condition of his heart. He acknowledges his feelings. He recognizes how he's feeling. But he goes on to say, put your hope in God. Yet I will praise him, my savior. He doesn't leave it there. And there are times in our lives where we can feel like this, where our emotions can be out of control. And you could almost take it so far to describe it as a dark night of the soul. And you could almost say it's a a form of spiritual depression. And I can attest of this, of going through a season where my soul was downcast where I was burnt out spiritually, where I was unable to receive. And for me in that particular season of life, I'd I'd gotten my priorities wrong. I was putting work above everything else. And as a result of that, closed myself off from receiving from God. And I remember going through that season of just feeling frustrated, of feeling spiritually lethargic, And just not wanting to worship, just not wanting to engage and connect with the presence of God. And this went on over a a prolonged period of time. And I, I remember Sarah speaking to me, and Sarah might not even remember this, but I was going away on holiday. And Sarah just encouraged me, said, look, just find some time while you're away to just worship God. And I remember the moment of going out in the morning and walking along the beach and just taking a moment and just playing some worship music. And I remember in that moment of just beginning to cry as the presence of God just began to fill me anew. And it was a turning point for me. It was a significant moment of learning to wait and to receive from God. And it was something that became part of my routine that when I came back home that, that I would take myself away and I would just put on worship music. And where I used to live, there was a stream. It doesn't sound as picturesque as it is. It was right by the A500. <laughs> it's all right when you've got headphones. It could be anywhere. But I remember just playing 
the Bethel music version of it as well. And just singing upon my soul, it is well with my soul. And for us to awaken the dawn, I don't think it's a physical awakening. We're not talking about if I sing, the sun's going to come up. But actually, it is a spiritual awakening. It's an awakening from a spiritual darkness. And it's an awakening from a dark night of the soul. Psalm 143 verse 8 says, Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way that I should go. To you I lift my soul. And if we go back to the Strong's Concordance of what it is to awaken or to rouse oneself, if we go back and just remember that definition, it's to lift up self, to raise up, or to stir up self. And the Hebrew word for lifting is the word NASA. And it's really easy to remember because of, I just think of NASA, the space agency. But to have that picture of a rocket being sent upwards or our souls being raised upward to heaven. And fundamentally for us to lift our souls is to worship God, to deliberately come before him and worship him. You see, when we express our thanksgiving, it is our soul that gives praise and worship to God for what he's done in and through our lives. So even though it might be us stood there, it's our bodies that are singing, it's our bodies that are raising our hands in the air, it's also our soul within us praising God. And as I said, that key difference from when we read Psalm 57 for the first time and read in Psalm 108 for the second time, is the second time round we don't read of David saying, awake my soul. Instead, David says this, he says, let me hear in the morning, sorry, my heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. This second time round, David doesn't say, awake my soul. You see, David has a confidence in what God has done previously. That actually David's learned something the first time round of being in a battle, that when he came to face it again, his soul was already awake. And I believe for us it comes out of a lifestyle of worship. That when we come to church on a Sunday morning and we praise God, that that's not the only, the one and only time in the week when we praise God. But actually, when we come on a Sunday morning, it comes from an overflow of what's taken place in the week. And to do that takes a lifestyle of worship. It takes building it in to our weekly rhythms and our weeks. And when we read Psalm 108, as I said, it's broken into two parts. The second part, we read of David being under attack. And again, this is from David's greatest hits. See, it's, ta it's taken from Psalm 16. We'll put it up on the screen, and I'm not going to read it all, but it's very similar. David says, save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. And what's interesting and the great thing about the Bible is we can read things with hindsight. You see, when David fought that battle, we actually know that he goes on to win it. And what's really interesting is the Bible tells us there who it is that he's fighting against. 
And when we read in Psalms 108 for the second time, what we actually see, it's the same people group that David is fighting. So he's already been in a battle with them once before. He's cried out to God and he's been victorious. We come along further on to Psalms 108 and guess what? It's the same people group again. But what is David able to do? He's able to stand on his previous victories and he's able to look back to when God was faithful over here and stand on that promise that actually God is going to be faithful over here. And taking it back to our instruments for a moment, I can imagine what type of instrument I would want to be playing. I wouldn't be gentle on the harp. At this point, I'd have my lute out and I'd be crying out to God and I'd be saying, God, you've delivered me once before and God, I believe you can deliver me again. That instrument, I believe, is significant. You see, when we worship, we can fight physical battles by changing things spiritually. And what's so interesting for me is David was a skilled warrior. This is David who had fought Goliath. And we read in 1 Samuel 17 when David was a shepherd boy that when he was in the fields that actually he would fight against the lion and the bear. This was someone who knew how to fight. Yet when he's presented with this battle... Rather than just running out and trying to do it in his own strength, he takes the moment, first and foremost, to cry out to God. Rather than relying on his own capabilities, he was trusting in the faithfulness of God. And I've had an occasion in my life, and there's only been a few that I can really pinpoint to, where I've cried out to God in a, in a moment where unless God intervened and did something the outcome could be different. And there was an occasion when I had a family member who was hospitalized and it was thought that it could be the end of their life. And this particular family member, they're not a Christian. So for me, I was like, no, this is not how it ends. And I remember driving to the hospital and it was about an hour away. So I had plenty of time in the car. And I remember just putting on worship music and I just cranked up the stereo as loud as it can. And I remember just singing Reckless Love by Corey Ashby. And it was a, a, a process of my soul just crying out to God where I was like, God, if you don't do something here, if you don't do the miraculous, I don't know what's going to happen. When we read those lyrics of, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And praise God, that family member, they came out of that situation and they survived. And I'm still praying and still believing for that salvation. But I believe in that moment there was a spiritual battle that was taking place. And I was able to play a part in that battle through worshiping. And just like David, when he fought the lion and he fought the bear, he was rescuing the sheep. Literally, it says that David was rescuing the sheep from the lion's mouth. Can you imagine? And we too in worship, we can see situations change. So what can we practically do to awaken ourselves? David tells us that he awakens the dawn. 
Does it mean that we have to be up before the sunrise to do this? Not necessarily. But there is something about the choice part of the day, about setting aside a significant portion. And when I say significant, I'm not talking about hours on end. What I'm talking about is prioritizing some time to God. And my wife, Becky, she loves it when I buy her gifts. She tells me, you know, she, she asks me. But the thing about Beck is, and buying her gifts is it's not about the gift that I buy her. It's more about the fact that I've taken the time to think about her. The fact that I've thought about her means more to her than the gift itself. And I think it's something very similar with God is that when we set time aside to seek him, when we set that time aside to worship him, it makes his heart glad. And this is the key difference between just following a religion and having a relationship. You see, I love it when my son Eli just loves to me, runs to me and gives me a hug for no other reason than he wants a hug. And I believe our heavenly father wants the same, that as his children, he doesn't want us to worship him for the sake of worshiping him. He doesn't want us to feel obliged to do it. It comes out of this relationship of recognizing who God is in our lives. And ultimately, it does our souls good. So I want to encourage you on a daily basis to find that place where you can connect with God one-on-one. -on -one. And for me, I've built into my daily routine of when I have a shower, I pray the Lord's Prayer. And quite often, I'll start that with thanksgiving. God, thank you that Eli slept in till seven o'clock this morning. Thank you that I've had a full night's sleep tonight. It might be on your commute to school, your commute to work, that you play some worship music and you start the day praising God, building it into your lifestyle. Tonight, we've got our evening of prayer and worship and I wanna encourage you to come along that as a continuation of what God's already been doing today. And I came across this prayer that is a, a traditional Jewish prayer. It's something that observant Jews recite on a daily basis. And the thing that I love about this prayer is it's prayed while still in bed. Someone say, amen. This is my type of praying. And it's called the Modi Anai, and it goes something like this. I give thanks before you, King living and eternal, for you have returned within me my soul. With compassion, abundant is your faithfulness. And it's based upon and built upon Lamentations 3 verse 20. And before I read this, I'm going to just invite the band to, to come up and get on the stage. And it's a prayer that's designed to be prayed on a daily basis. And it comes from this idea that on a daily basis, that God would renew us that he would renew us as a new creation and he would return something to our soul on a daily basis. And off the back of that, we can express our gratitude to God. And I want to read this out from Lamentations 3 verse 20. It says, I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Again, starting with the soul and the condition of it. David goes on to say, Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because
because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Other translations say mercy. His mercy never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is found in him. The one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And as I read that scripture, I just felt that there's a promise in there. That for us on that daily basis, as we wait upon God, that it would bring a renewing to us. That his mercy would be new for us each day. And there's a key thing in there. It says to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And as we read this morning, there's two key parts to that psalm. There was a part that would have, I believe, played with the harp. And as you can imagine, the harp being a, a peaceful instrument. And I believe for some of us this morning that sat here today, you need a renewing in your life that you need God to bring his refreshing anew today. That your soul has been through a season of difficulty. And that actually this morning, for you in response to what you've heard, the best thing that you can do this morning is to just wait quietly. And what's gonna happen in a moment, the band are gonna play for us. And I want, to use, I want you to use this time this morning as a way of responding. That you can stand in quiet and allow Holy Spirit to come and to renew you afresh today. And just like he's done in my own life where there's dryness in your life, that he would come and just begin to pour out his spirit anew and afresh for you today. And when you feel like Holy Spirit is resting upon you and you're being restored, we're gonna have an opportunity to really respond in praise. And I sensed it already this morning that we're, it's almost like there's a wave and we're just riding that wave of God's presence this morning. I believe that wave after wave, there's gonna be an increase for us this morning. But I believe first and foremost, it's gonna be key for some of you to respond. And, there's always the, the front is available. And if you feel like you just want to come and just kneel at the front or stand at the front, just as a response of God, I need you. I need you to renew me, restore my soul. As an act of surrender this morning, I want to encourage you to do that. And then we're going to spend some time in worship. So I'm going to hand over the band and I want to encourage you to just take this time just to receive. Wait quietly. I believe Holy Spirit is going to come and He's going to renew people this morning. Amen.